Are you ready, ready? Yeah, I'm ready, ready. But are you ready, ready? Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. Uh, What's up, everybody? We are back. This is Second Cool Dads, and we had a, as Colin called it, a potty break. (laughs) Now, number one, did you... Did you steal that from somewhere? Nope. That's, that was you? I I'm, I mean, I'm sure that it has been used before, but it was the first thing that came to my mind while I was typing the text message. Okay. Well, that's probably going to be the name of the episode. I'm going to have to incorporate that somehow. I like it. Uh, so we have lots of stuff to talk about. The problem with taking a two-week hiatus is... I don't exactly know what we have and haven't talked about. I, I yeah. can't really like, I have no concept in my life. Like things are happening so quickly over here that I really don't know if I talk about something, did it happen last week, yesterday, today, or fucking seven weeks ago? I just, I literally have no concept of timing. So if I start to talk well, about some shit. Well, well, we, I don't think we've talked since you've been. I don't think we've potted since you've been back from Arizona. So a lot mm. of news has happened within that time. Mm. So yeah. maybe you should discuss that. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll put it like this uh, because my friend Andrew said this to me. He said, "How the fuck did you plan a move across the country with an entire family and keep your job, and you can't make it to my house with two weeks' notice on time?" <laughs> and there has never been anything more real in my entire life. So it started as a joke. Hey, we should move to Arizona. We had a few conversations that week about it. Before I knew it, my wife bought plane tickets. Uh, we went out, stayed with a friend of ours in Phoenix, and saw we wanted to just see like some neighborhoods and some communities for the ones we've been researching and looking at online. Met with a realtor. The We saw houses that weekend. We put an offer in. The offer got accepted the same day at 7 p.m. So at this point, we're like two weeks in, and we've flown to Arizona and bought a house. Uh, now we're flying home on Sunday, and it's like we should probably list our house. We managed from Sunday to Wednesday to get our house ready. Got pictures up. Got it on the MLS Wednesday. Um, we held all showings till Saturday. We had 14. Got an offer the first day. Full price, so our house is sold, and now we're you know going through all the bullshit, doing the inspections and the remedies, and uh, the people that bought the house. As it turns out, we work for the same company, nice. uh, pretty closely related in fields, and um, they felt comfortable enough to reach out, and they want to buy like a ton of our shit that's in our house. Sick. So yeah, that's that, like best case scenario. So like, not only do we, uh, yeah, not only do we not have to move the big shit. I mean, like the biggest of big shit, like the things we worried about the most. Like, man, our king size bed, like that's gonna be a nightmare to move again. Our washer and dryer, ooh, that sucks. Our treadmill, that's unbelievably nice, but getting it in the basement was pretty much one of the worst experiences of my life. Uh, so to take it out of the basement, like I would. I would give it to somebody like for free if it stayed here. Yeah. Um, not yeah. not really because it's worth a lot. But uh, yeah, a neighbor wanted to buy it, and I was like, "Man, fuck that neighbor!" Like, if this if this house owner is like even remotely interested, I would take way less to not have to move it out of the basement. Turns out they are. 
So they're about to make our lives very easy. It's great. So nice. guess what? We're uh, it, For those of you that can't tell, there's probably a slight quality difference. There's going to be a learning curve as I get familiar with Zoom and the art of recording remote again. Um, yep. This pod's going to keep going though, man. We're just going to expand it. Like Now we can have our guests from all over the damn country. Yep. Uh, keep that shit rolling. I mean, we did fine for 10 or so episodes, 12, whatever. 11. It was. I think it was 11. So it's fine. Yeah. This will be fun. Uh, we were happy to get back in person though. It is, there, there is a, a slight chemistry difference. We'll have to learn, right? Sure. Uh, a little difference, but not a big deal. What are you drinking there, Colin? Is that like a LaCroix or something? Yeah, it's just LaCroix. It's okay. I'm over here. Okay, so on my trek out to Arizona, I had this drink. It's just a – it's some kind of like sparkling water with flavor. It's called sparkling ice. You ever had this shit? No. Uh, They come in these like slim, tall bottles. Um, Oh, I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it too. Never gave two shits about it. Antioxidants, vitamins, zero sugar. Sounds way too fucking healthy for me. Doesn't sound like something I'm interested in. Um, but tasty. my buddy, is it tasty? oh yeah, it's really good. My buddy gave me one of the mango ones, and honestly, it's all I could think about. Like I wanted to just drink all of his mango drinks after that, but I was trying to be polite. Came home and immediately bought some, and now did you, I'm, I'm hooked. Did you, you know, like now? Obviously, as an adult, you have your general order when you go to a Starbucks or. Wendy's or, you know, like the thing that you generally always get. Most people who are creatures of habit with fast food aren't branching out most times, right? I would say that was, I would say generally speaking, yes, I'm probably the exception. Okay. So did you like when you were a kid and would like go to the gas station or the, or the convenience store, did you have like a thing you like, like a thing that you always got? Absolutely. I can, I can tell you, I can tell you what it was in my up to like 13 years. And I can tell you what it was from like 13 to 21. I'm very prescriptive with this. Uh, the first thing were those fudge brownies with the walnuts. Me too, man. That's one of mine. Yeah. So that, and I didn't know that they actually made cosmic brownies without the walnuts. Cause I not no bullshit. Like I would take the brownie and pick all of the walnuts out. I don't know why, oh, but I just... I would just eat them first to get them out of the way. Well, I fucking picked them out. Sometimes I ate them, sometimes I didn't, but they needed to go. Uh, it wasn't until later in life I discovered cosmic brownies, which are the same fucking thing, but with chocolate candies in them, and my world was expanded. Uh, now, the other thing is something that straight up disappeared for years, and I thought it was gone. They are... You know the, the sour candy company called Trolley? Yeah. Okay, well... They have the trolley, like uh, bright crawlers, like the gummy worms and shit. They have these little ones called eggs. They're like the sour eggs, and they have a uh, the a candy shell that's not like an M M&M and M crispy, but it's like a oh man, I'm trying to think of something. It, it's in between gummy and hard. It, it you can bite through it very easily, and inside is a tiny little gummy piece, like a gummy. Oh worm. yeah. But they got yeah. dude that whatever that sour shit is on the outside of the egg, yeah, yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And everybody knows that that was my shit. I used to buy them at Meyer on Georgesville Road, and then one day, gone for years. Huh? 
And then uh, a friend of mine found some online, bought me like four packs of them for my birthday one year. And since then, they've come back. They're just hard to find. But that's my shit. Nice. Did you ask I, uh, that because you have something very specific? Yeah, because the, when you were holding that bottle up and talking about the flavor and stuff, it made me think of like convenience store things that you always see. And I was thinking, I don't really, rem- I don't know that I remember like as a kid, but like when I moved here and I lived with my dad, I lived really close to, you know, that subway on Third Avenue. Oh yeah, and and uh, there's that convenience store, Culpepper's. It's not called Ziggy's, and um, uh, and I used to every single day walk down there, and I would get two of those walnut fr- fudge brownies. Mm. I would get a bag of peach rings. <laughs> oh fuck, I love those. And then the yellow uh, Sobe. <laughs> Oh my god, with the little like iguana on the front? Yeah. Yeah. Ah. I like this. Look, because we're on Zoom, I got additional things. I just sent you a chat, a chat message. So this is how we can like I can show you what the the trolley eggs are. Yeah, dude, those those things are super good. Oh my god, they're so good. And it turns out like I think they're just not sold around here. Uh I don't know why I haven't thought of this sooner, but I'm about to go to Amazon and just – or just go to – it looks like trolley.com. Oh, my God. This is opening my world right now. Dude, oh, yeah. Switch. Oh, I'm going. I I'm going crazy. our cameras. Oh, you're good. Go. You're good. There we go. There we go. Just a little technology. No, I don't want to sit and stare at my stupid face the whole time. Ah, man. I want to stare at your stupid face. Uh, Can't wait. Yeah, so I uh, went out of town over the weekend to um, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, visit mm-hmm. with my siblings and my mom. It's something we've been doing. They've been doing it for four years, and we've joined the last two years, my mom having all of her siblings and all of her kids together. So my brother, a good friend of his, has like a like a little – they call them resorts, so like basically a little roadside motel in the woods that overlooks, it's like, uh, overlooks a beautiful lake and there's like a pontoon boat and all this stuff. It's, it was, it was very nice and very necessary. Okay. But, uh, and I drank a whole hell of a lot all weekend. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm drinking, I'm drinking LaCroix tonight. Um, but man, I'll tell you what, dude, I drive home. It's supposed to take 10 hours. That shit, door to door, 13. Why? Brutal, brutal. Well, we were making good timing right off the bat. We left at 7.15 and got to the Mackinac Bridge. And then you think you got a whole weekend's worth of of Labor Day vacationers funneling through one bridge. Hmm. You know, and then uh, the... um, winds were super high so the park rangers were having to escort groups of cars over the bridge this is interstate 75 like they were like escorting groups of 30 cars at a time it was crazy at 20 miles per hour and uh over a five mile long bridge (laughs) and uh it was crazy so we sat there forever and then uh a little north of flint michigan we were in traffic for almost two hours it was just brutal it was brutal and then I mean, we'd miss those huge storms that rolled through. Oh, my uh, goodness. But, like, we could see, 
we could start to see the lightning from like Marion. You're talking about the ones like yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah. Shit was wild. I, I haven't seen that much lightning in a long time. So I was out walking the neighborhood with my three-year-old, um, and there's like they're starting a second half of this community. So now they've got all the streets in over there. They've even got some additional walking paths in. Yeah. So a lot of people are like, you know, over there walking the new walking paths, right? So I'm out and I'm walking with her and it's nice and bright where I'm at. But off in the distance, it's, I mean, you can see like the straight line across the sky. It's pitch black. Yeah. So I'm telling her, um, cause she's real independent in the fact that she wants to like walk herself and stuff like that. I'm telling her, like, baby, we're not going to be able to make it too far. Like, all of that is rain. And she's like, that's rain? I'm like, yes, that's rain. We have to go. And, like, I'm kind of keeping my eye on it, right? We get to the point – it's like the point of no return, right? Like, we're already starting to go around a loop. Like, at this point, we have to either go back. We have to either commit to the full loop or go back, and it's going to take just about as long. Right. And I'm keeping my eye on it, and I look up, and I'm like, wow, that's – that's moving really fast. Like that's yeah, way closer. That's way closer yeah. than I thought it was going to be. So I, uh, there was a little part of me. I, I got a little nervous. I was like, Oh man, did I fuck up? Like I'm so far out here. And it's like, there's, there's no houses. There's nothing around. It's just the streets and the path. There's no cover, no nothing. Uh, so I go, daddy's going to carry you. So I pick her up and I start, you know, putting a little pep in my step and kind of hoofing it back as I'm crossing out of the new part back into my part, the, the guy from the farmhouse across the street from our community looks at me, yells, hey, get inside, tornado. Yep. I, I fucking look to the right, or excuse me, at this point I look to the left, and pretty clearly some clouds are starting to kind of come down a little bit, and there's a little bit of rotation. Dude, Dang. straight up panic. Like straight up panic. I was like, I am running with this kid. So I'm hoofing it. Obviously I'm trying to run and not fall. So I'm running in a very weird manner. I kind of look like Bigfoot or something that, like super weird and doing some scooty maneuver that looks like I don't know yeah. how to run. So I'm hoofing it with her and I'm two houses from home and it's really like, it starts to open up and we're starting to get wet. Got on the porch at the last minute. The wind was like incredible. Get inside and be in the next maybe 40 seconds pitch black outside completely pouring wind coming from every direction wild tornado siren starts going off and i'm like all right well i mean let's go to the basement <laughs> so we have yeah. you know the big fun basement so took her to the basement i uh, let her ride her little bike around in the basement and i put on the weather down there to just watch and see what's going on it turns out like even though we were getting bad storms it was maybe five miles north of us was really getting hammered and then just south of us was getting hammered and there's just like clear line right where we were at even though we were getting hammered with rain uh we thankfully were not like in the path of any of the rotation crazy yeah we we pulled into town just as it was i mean it was just a little bit of sprinkling left you could tell that you could tell that the town just got walloped and we missed it by yeah. like 10 minutes so, but man, the lightning show was crazy. Yeah, it was super sketchy over here too. Um, so I had put a number of things on the board and I know you put a number of things on the board as well. And 
I had an opportunity, uh, not an opportunity. I had to go and pick up some stamps because we were out of stamps finally. And I don't know about you, but I don't mail shit. So the remaining stamps in the house, I took a look at. They were forever stamps from 2007. Okay. So the last fucking stamps I bought oh, were, from, were from 2007. So That's crazy. Yeah, dude. They, stamps were like fucking 40 cents back then or 41 cents or something like that. Uh, I don't know how much they are now. I mean, I, you know, such a big baller. I was like, yo, let me get a book of stamps. And I just paid for it and didn't even ask how much it was. Um, They're 54 cents, I think. Damn. So if I'd have bought, if I'd have bought just like a million dollars worth of stamps, it'd be worth more money today. I could make money on stamps. I could sell them for 50, 50 cents a piece. There you undercut, go. undercut the competition. No, man, save the post office. I undercut them bitches. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm all about I'm all about saving the post office. I use the post office for everything. So uh, I know you have an update on your subway. Oh my god! Yeah, see, that's the thing is some of these story, uh, some of these things we put on there. I mean, it's still funny, but like, was way funnier. It was way funnier three weeks ago or two weeks ago. But uh, potty break. uh, uh, yeah, my update on my subway debacle is just that I uh, am finally free of my burden to subway, and because I ate a fucking lot of subway. <laughs> oh, so you never got the money back? You actually had to eat your money's worth? Yeah. Oh so, my god. Uh, so me and the family ate uh, hundred fifty dollars worth of subway over the course of about ten days. It was funny too because we were. It was every other day. Miles was like, Miles, come down. He goes. Is it Subway Day? Like, <laughs> yeah, we're getting Subway for lunch today, and I would order it, go pick it up, and then like after a few times, Beatrice is like, "What's for lunch? Oh, today's Subway Day." <laughs> <laughs> do you ever uh, do you ever do like the Subway breakfast? Now uh, we talked about this. It it looks really gross to me. All right, you should try it anyway. Just the like, just the bucket. There's like you're looking through, and there's like this frosty bucket of egg chunks. Egg patties, egg, egg patties. Yeah, I don't know. It just grosses me out, man. Do you, you don't ever, uh, you don't ever like scramble up eggs, like uh, make the, you know, just like whip eggs and then put them into like muffin pans. Uh, no. Do you do that? Oh man, no. dude, you got to make these. They're so good. It's like like little quiches. Kinda, yeah. That's basically what they are. Like what I do is, you just like whip up some eggs, pour them into muffin pans. And then you just cut up some different ingredients. Like I might throw like some peppers in one. I'll throw like some bacon or ham in another one. And you make just like various little like mini omelets to go. Take them bitches, put them in the uh, refrigerator. And in the morning, just grab four of them, microwave them for 15 seconds. And then boom, you got little mini omelets. I'm telling you, dude. It sounds good. Don't Don't get me wrong. It. I don't know. When it comes to eggs and the texture of eggs, thinking about... Not eating the egg as soon as it's made, it, like whatever the thing is you're eating is made, kind of grosses me out. Reheating eggs grosses me out. <laughs> what, well, what about things that are made with eggs, which is like damn near now, everything? I, and, and, but I understand it's an irrational fear. I mean, I 
well, eat an Egg McMuffin from McDonald's, and that bitch has been sitting in the bottom of a freezer for, for God knows how long. Yeah. But, uh, but, um, no, nah, it, it's, it's just, I don't know. Specifically, I can tell you specifically that bucket of Subway eggs grosses me the fuck out. I don't ever want that near my mouth. That's hilarious. Well, uh, we'll have to hang out before I leave, and guess what I'm making? Subway eggs. Just kidding. Subway eggs. <laughs> How about some fridge chicken? Let me tell you this little. Did you see that one on there? I did see it on there. Go for it. It's just really stupid because I was I was hammered hanging out with my brother and my sister in law and my sister and my brother in law and my wife and we're all hanging out and I'm just hammered and my brother comes out of our little cabin and he sits down and he's just like. He's like, well, he's like, anybody want some? And we're like, what? And he goes, it's chicken. <laughs> he said it like really weird. He's like, like, like we are stupid. He's like, it's chicken. And it was like in a Tupperware. It was like little chicken bits from taco night. Okay. It was like mm. a taco chicken. And, um, and I was like, he goes, you know, fridge chicken. <laughs> oh my God. So we literally, and the, like everybody was like, it does taste pretty good. So, like, we were literally just passing around a bucket of cold chicken bits. So, I do that with turkey. I I actually like, like, fridge turkey much better than regular turkey. Like, my favorite shit ever. Uh, dude, when, you, when you've cut that thing up and you come back to it, sometimes same day. Yeah, I don't even need to come back next day. Like, I Thanksgiving happens. Everybody leaves. Guess what? I'm getting the cold turkey out. Uh, put some salt on that shit. And just sit there, dude. Cold Thanksgiving turkey is the fucking best. I'm down with that. You put it and put it on a sandwich too. That's good too. Yeah, I fuck um, with that. But the the funnier part of the fridge chicken thing is the fact that I was like, you know, I was on vacation. We were drinking breakfast drinks, you know, and uh, so I've been drinking all day. And man, I was just dying. At fr- fridge chicken was so fucking funny to me when he was like, you know, fridge chicken. And uh, I mean, I was just, I just lost it. And I was like, oh man, oh man, I got to put this on our podcast. <laughs> and, and I was like, 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 look, I put it on there, guys, fridge chicken. I'm going to talk about it this week. Like, yeah. So that's just, and then I was looking through the thing today beforehand and I was like, oh my God, I forgot. I did that. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, so another thing that happened during this is did I tell you we had some additional landscaping done? No. Okay. Oh, I mean that there was a guy working out there that one night that was there. Okay. So let me let me this is going to be a two-parter, two-part story here. Number 1, that guy casually drops like we. I was talking to him like before. I was like letting my daughter like ride her bike outside. So I was just kind of like making conversation. And it's, it's the second or third time he's been over. Like super reliable guy, awesome, right? Um, so we're getting some landscaping done, and oh my god, this isn't even the same guy. So the guy that was over when you were here is a family member that we had doing some work. Just one oh. piece of it. We actually had our, our normal landscaper come and do some other shit and like extend some landscaping and yada yada. Well, this guy, I'm talking to him about how we're moving. And he's like, oh, my best friend's in town right now. He's from Phoenix. Oh, neat. Cool. 
So he starts telling me like his history of, of landscaping. Basically, he's like telling me like, oh, I've been a landscaper this many years, and the reason I quit is because I kind of capped out at X dollars, and I wanted to just do my own thing. Now, by this point, that this guy tells me this, he's been at our house two days working, right? Okay. So he says, I capped out at X amount dollars an hour. Oh, yeah. I wanted to do my own thing. And my brain goes, ching, 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 ching. And I go, <laughs> holy shit, how much is this about the cost? This dude has been in our house for two days. Oh, geez. So I go to I go to my wife and I go, hey, uh, that landscaper you hired, um, I know what we're having done, but like, what is like, what is he charging us? And she said, I don't know. And <laughs> dude, I my stomach dropped. I go, what do you mean you don't know? She's like, I don't, I don't know. Like, how much could it be? And I said, well, the dude how just much could it be a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I go, the dude just told me he capped out. At, it was something like twenty three dollars an hour. He and he wanted to do his own thing to make more. I'm like, this shit's about to be like a thousand dollars. Like, did we like was that necessary? Like, do we have to do that? Um, it came in at eight hundred bucks. And I was well, like, you also hey. think, oh, go ahead. No, I was just like, hey, uh, you're you got that? Like, you you paying for that? <laughs> uh, it. You also think though, if he's doing his own thing, then there's not the overhead of his boss taking a cut as well. You're right. So he could get probably just a little above what he was making before and still pocket a lot more of it. Yeah, which brings me to the next part. I told her, I said, you know, when he had all that mulch brought in, I said, that's really expensive. Mulch is like, uh, for all the mulch he had, he remulched our, every bed we had. He cleaned up all the beds. He created a new bed out back uh, and mulched everything. And I, I told her, I said, that's probably a few hundred dollars right there. Like to have that many cubic yards of mulch delivered, it's a few hundred bucks. So she gets the bill and tries to text me and texts him by mistake and goes, holy fuck, $800. We should have just had him do all the digging and bought our own fucking mulch. (laughs) Oh Oh my God. Yeah. So that's why I put on there. That's why I put on there. Have you ever text the person you're talking shit about? Everybody I feel like has done it. Have you ever done it? I don't think I've ever done it. I, oh my uh, god! I don't know. I may have. Oh, I've I may, done it. I've I've like I've talked. Sh- I think I've talked shit where I think that a client has heard me, like where the phone wasn't hung up yet. Um, but I I I may I may have, but oh, I've done it more uh, times than I care. Earlier today, my sister in law texted me and my brother because I had a group message with them yesterday asking my brother if my brother if what she had planned for dinner was okay and if he could do all these things for her and I was like sounds great and I was and she said oh my god I'm so sorry I was like good thing you weren't talking shit yeah there's apparently some kind of like science behind it that's like it happens more commonly than than you think because you're thinking about that person because you're Uh, interacting. And so instinctively you just like subconsciously go and do that. 
it, it's actually, I guess, pretty common. I remember when I was working in a call center and uh, my manager, I'm, I'm standing there talking to my manager. Well, one, one of the managers of the call center. And she goes, hold on, hold on, Jeff. Look at this shit. And she shows me the screen where one of the agents pinged her. She just got done like telling somebody something. And that same agent trying to ping her friend pinged her and was like, oh my God, such and such is such a bitch. Oh! And so, right to the manager. And so she, I'm standing oh. at the desk and I've got a great relationship with her. So she goes, look at this, look at this shit. This is hilarious. Watch this. She stands up and from across the call center goes, hey, so-and-so, I agree, I am a bitch. And sits back down and that girl shit. got her face just red. So embarrassed. Nothing happened. Uh, she, yeah. they, they all like laughed it off, but super fucking funny. Man, yeah, I, I tend to get kind of a, a like. I don't haphazardly text a lot. Like I, I, I often like overthink my texts <laughs> because I'm really afraid of that happening. So mm-hmm. that might have something to do with it. One thing I like to do, I don't, I don't overthink mine, but a text hack a text trick that I have is through my third party texting app that I've pretty much always used since I started with Android. Uh, it's called Textra. Okay. It's a great third party app. Um, one of the features it has is I can schedule a text. So I can tap, like I can tap on a, a clock, pick a time and date, type something in, hit send, and then it won't actually send until that time of date. So if I think of something, it's three in the morning and I'm like, damn, I want to say something to Colin. Sometimes what I'll do is just set it for the morning. I'll say it right then, but I'll set it for the morning. And so, yeah, I'll text you. I also use that to uh, text people happy birthday. Like if I'm like, fuck man, their birthday's in two days. I got to remember that. I'll just send a happy birthday text like right now. (laughs) That's awesome. I don't forget. But then what if you accidentally sent it to him just now? You can, uh, up until the point that it sends. Hey, you got a visitor. Oh. Yeah. Up until the point that it sends, I can actually unschedule it. I can stop it. I can change it. I can do whatever. It's just like waiting uh, in queue. Yeah, yeah. I guess I mean, what if you're like putting in the the date and time, and then you accidentally put right now and hit send. Mm. And it's like happy birthday. It's two days early, dude. Yeah, I can say thankfully I've never done that because the first thing I do is go pick the time and date, and then I type in the message and hit send. Fair. Fair. So maybe it's an order of operation thing. Uh, so I saw that you put on here the ultimate millennial nostalgia. You know what I'm about to say. What are you gonna say? Tony's Tony's Tony Hawk's pro skater. Oh my god. Yes. The oh entire reason I owned a PlayStation was for I, Tony Hawk and Cool Borders. So but so the the remix just came out. Right. Okay. And I still haven't had a chance to actually play because I bought it it like came out on Thursday night at nine o'clock. I played it for a few minutes and we left for to go out of town Friday morning and then I've been so busy until now, mm-hmm. but I did play while the game downloads. You can ride as Tony in the warehouse with the soundtrack. And, uh, and it's just, I played that for like 
45 minutes or a half hour or something like that. And it was, I don't know, it's, yeah. just, it, it's like the immediate memories that came back, you know, because it's like in high school, I played Tony Hawk and I played Goldeneye. I played other things too, but like those were the two games, you know, it's, it's like those were like that defined video games for me in most of high school. And, and it's just, so cool, dude! Like the opening sequence for it and stuff like that. They introduce all the original, all the original skaters, and then there's a whole handful of new young kids. And uh, it's the, I think the whole original soundtrack, and then some added newer stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, the physics are awesome. The graphics are awesome. It's great uh, to me. It is like they they tapped like a, a specific nostalgia for like a huge chunk of especially American millennials. Yeah, absolutely. I I know it was for me. Uh, Like I said, the PlayStation, the reason I had a PlayStation was not only for Tony Hawk, uh, but for cool borders. I don't know if you remember that. Oh yeah. I love that too. Yeah. Oh my God, dude, just like set me. I I would just try to figure out what I could grind. Like what, what's the most outrageous thing I can grind. Um, Speaking of nostalgia, like I was doing that as well. I was, just thinking about old shit. And I think it comes with the fact that I'm leaving Columbus or leaving yeah. Ohio in general. I've been thinking about like, oh my God, like my whole life is here. So like every drive I take, everything I do right now, I, it, I'm more aware of sure. my drive. I'm more aware of everything, which got me thinking about all the dumb, crazy shit I used to do as a kid. And I could probably go on an entire podcast episode just reminiscing about dumbass things I did. Um, but one in particular jumped out at me only because I was putting air in my tire and I was unscrewing the little cap on the uh, air valve. And I started thinking about chromies. And oh my God. I wanted to first ask, do you know what chromies are? I, I'm sure that you're talking about a very specific brand. But like, just like the, was it like the little crap that you could put on your things that you could buy at like Meyer and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah. Like, so yeah. So most of the like stock, just bullshit ones are just black plastic caps, right? Yeah. But there's a whole bunch out there, at least in the late nineties where they were chrome. Yeah. And there were different ones and we used to steal them. We <laughs> would steal them. Like that was my thing. That was like, you know. People call me Jeff Money, right? Because I always had a hustle. I always had a way to make money. I didn't always have a job. Were you stealing them off cars? Yes. <laughs> so we used to steal them, and we had we had names. Like we we had so many of them that you would start to get duplicates. Like they weren't all the exact same. There were right. tons of different ones, and you started uh, having names for all of them. Like there's these ones that are kind of uh, flat on the sides. I think they have six sides. And then they had a little bump in the center. They were called titty nipples. Like those were titty (laughs) (laughs) nipples. And Uh. those were like, those were the most common. They were like the super common ones, right? And some of them had like, you know, a little bigger, a little smaller, just like, just like real, real titty nipples. Uh, and then we had, there was ones called bullet heads. <laughs> I'm blowing your mind. And then they had these ones called bullet heads, which were like these round little, like kind of like shaped like a bullet head. And then we had these real little, like stealthy, real short ones that had just this little micro bump in the middle and they only came off Jaguars. 
like Jaguar had like their own little chromie. And then I would sell them. I would bag them up. I had a Nike shoebox, and I would bag these fuckers up in little plastic bags as if it were drugs, and I'd match them up and shit, and I would sell them. I'd sell them to kids. Little four packs, or we we did two packs because most people were buying them for their bikes. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we'd do the two packs. Uh, It was just crazy, dude. Like, Chromies was like, I cannot believe what a lucrative thing that was for like a year. And the fact that I got so involved in it that we had names for all of them and somebody could like, you could show me one. I'm like, oh yeah, you got the Jags. Oh yeah, you got the titty nipples. Yeah, I'll give you the set of bullet heads. (laughs) Like, it was a fucking hustle. How much were you selling them for? Oh man, like two bucks for two, like a buck a piece. But I mean, back then, I mean, you're talking about 20 years, more than 20 years ago. Like a solid 25 years ago. Hilarious. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. So funny. Oh, man. Um, I know that you and I both share this sentiment, right? The uh, We have friends and family who vehemently – I'm not even saying that word right, but – You're not. I know. Ve- I, vehemently. Whatever. I don't like the emphasis you're putting on it. Uh, <laughs> but they extra, extra, extra support Trump, right? Yeah. Okay. I cannot help. I'm getting better, but I can't help with but argue with some of them. Like for sure. When they post, and it's there is one like repeat offender that. He just like shares memes, right? And like 99% of them are just factually incorrect. And it, I think that bothers me the most. I'm like, yeah. I, I, I just have to, I cannot contain my fucking hands. I have to type. Yeah. I mean, you know me, I do the same thing. Yeah. But most recently, uh, he's been sharing a lot about, um, the 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 gentleman who was gunned down, I think his name was Jacob. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he was sharing about that, and he shares this one. He's like, this dude was a real piece of shit. And then he shares, like, basically his rap sheet, right? Yeah. And I go, I go, okay. I have, I have to be petty here. Like, I, I have to do it. So I said, number one, tell me where any of the shit I just read was punishable by death. Yeah. Would you feel it was different if it were, say, and I listed out about six or seven different crimes, you know, from from OVI to marijuana possession. I listed all these crimes, right? Yeah. But before listing those crimes, here's the petty part. Before listing those crimes, I went to the FCMC clerk and pulled his record and made sure I only listed the crimes that he was charged with. Oh! <laughs> like, tell me. Nice. I'm like fuck it. I can be petty too. So yeah. that was my that was my petty for the day, or my petty for the month or week, maybe I don't know. But of course, I didn't get a fucking response. The one thing I wanted a response on, like, could you just uh, respond? Here's the deal. To that? Here's the deal. When I'm arguing with a when I'm arguing with a Trump guy, or a MAGA person, or a you know whatever, uh, I generally consider it if I don't if I if I 
do you like write a nice response pontificate for a while and I don't get a response? I consider that argument one. <laughs> oh, well, in that case, I mean, he almost never responds to me. Almost never. But this, this was the one. I was like, come on. Bring it on back, buddy. Yeah. Like, go ahead. Uh, and got nothing. And it's, it, it's, and it's just one of those things <clears throat> where it's become so cult-like where it's just – like, for instance, this story that broke – and has been corroborated over and over by everyone from Fox news to like drudge report, you know, like about all these stories of the president calling, they just talking so much shit about the troops. Oh, calling them losers. Yeah. Suckers saying, yeah, can't can't get, can't get through his head. Why somebody would want to die for their country, you know, like, and, uh, but it's like, for one, his supporters, <clears throat> these people don't believe it. No matter what, they've been, they've literally been programmed to just go fake news. You know, yeah, yeah, fuck that. It's fake news. Fake news doesn't even mean I don't believe it. It just means fuck you. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, like, fuck you. I don't care. But, um, but then uh, the other thing that really bugs me about it though is just like, if the president is such a, existential threat to who we are as a people and a country <laughs> why uh, don't these people like why don't these cowards say the stuff on the record all of these things are anonymous sources you mm-hmm. know what I mean and it's like I understand protecting yourself I understand you know whatever but like if this if we are w- really within the last two months of of the time that America can choose between a grave threat to democracy. Why aren't these people saying, I am former chief of staff, John Kelly. And I said this, yes, he said this to me while I was standing next to my son's grave. Mm. Why doesn't he just what, like, like to, to me, then it just comes across as, are you just playing the same game? The media is playing, right? Is this really not as existential as we're being told it is because you don't care enough. Or, or are you just trying to sell your own fucking book that you can't tell any details of that comes out in six months? You know, it's just like either you care about either you care about the country or you don't. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know. It's it's it's. I guess all that to say is like the real Trump guys, the MAGA people, aren't going to believe it no matter what. But they're especially not going to believe it. If it's anonymous sources, because that's one of those things the president says over and over. If there's, a, if it's anonymous source, assume it's made up. Like, yeah. Simple as that. Like, and it's not, that's not, that's how journalism works. <laughs> yeah. The, the unfortunate thing is the anti Trump are not helping at all because have you seen all this, uh, the stories about like this boat? Did you see that boat with like fucking seven or eight Trump flags on it? And it was like, yeah essentially caught in the wake of larger boats like okay so that's symbolic as fuck as it is uh yeah the larger rich boats just don't give a fuck about the small boats yet the small boats want to be part of the boating boat you know club and they just get swallowed by the bigger boat wake like that's symbolic as fuck but i also saw a photo of a boat on like the bottom of the lake and it had a trump flag on it 
And I didn't think much of it. I was just like, whatever, that's probably that boat. And then I, I saw where somebody posted the real photo. There was no Trump flag. So somebody went out of their way to Photoshop yeah. a Trump flag on that. And I'm like, y'all ain't doing yourselves no favors. You're actually, you're adding to the fact that fake news. Then spend it a third time. The conspiracy theory in me goes, but was that a Republican doing that to discredit that side in general? And then you're just yeah. like, you know what? I'm down, I'm too far down this rabbit hole. Fuck all this shit. Yeah, it. it I don't know. It, it's it it pisses me off on both sides. I think you know, I'm starting to understand the the idea of Trump derangement sy- syndrome. Trump TDS. Yeah, talking about TDS. Yeah, and but it goes like because that's what all the Trump guys say. You know, like oh. Everything he does, you hate because he's Trump, mm-hmm. and and uh, which a lot of like resistance liberals don't help that idea, right? You know, like they don't help. It's like, yeah, like it, it's like it, Trump is like is they live and breathe him, and their hatred for him, mm-hmm. which I understand. But then on the other side, you have these people who literally refuse to acknowledge any wrongdoing, refuse to acknowledge any lying, refuse to acknowledge anything negative about him. To me, that's the same exact thing. It's the exact same Trump derangement syndrome. It's just the pendulum as far to the other end as possible. Agree. People just need to uh, realize that this fucking guy's playing him. He's playing the right by saying, I'm going to do all these things for you, but he's not. He's playing the left by saying a bunch of stupid shit that he knows is going to get them real pissed off. Yeah. So he knows what he's doing. Are you familiar with the comedian Greg Larson? Yeah. Okay, so he had gone on Twitter uh, earlier in the year and basically said, like, you know, name somebody that's fucking evil and I'll defend them using conservative oh, logic. I did see that. Did I saw you watch that, that whole. I saw that whole series of. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. good. Like I, I actually, I was just, uh, I was pulling it up just to talk about it, and like somebody replies and says Charlie Manson, and he says, "So this guy is arrested and imprisoned for his entire life just because he has different opinions. Show me the footage of him killing anyone. He didn't. Just because you disagree with him doesn't make him a monster." And exactly. I'm, like, I'm like, oh my god, this guy's good. So I too sat there and read all of them. Yeah. If you guys haven't, uh, uh, if you guys haven't heard of that, you need to go look him up on Twitter. Greg Larson, Greg M. Larson. So funny. Yeah. Um, so we have talked about this in the past. The fact that the Alrosa was our home, home away from home uh, for a, a number of shows. I think arguably, uh, Dimebag being killed there ultimately killed the Alrosa uh, and never fully recovered from that. Eventually it shut down. It was for sale. Um, but you put on here that no one cares enough about the Alrosa, and I wanted to ask what that is. Okay, so I was – this was uh, two weeks ago. I was sitting around a fire with Jordan Holland, and we were just talking about – we were listening to metal. And uh, – oh, we were sitting by a fire drinking beers listening to the Power Trip. Rest in peace, Riley Gale. Mm. That happened oh, while shit. we were off. yeah. I mean, I haven't seen people speaking of Dimebag. I I don't think I've seen the metal community 
in such deep mourning since Steinbeck died. That was that's wild. That yeah. was a guy with a lot of respect. So rest in peace, man. Uh, but um, no, we were just sitting there talking and and we were talking about the Alrosa and it came up and like it's like it's probably just going to get torn down at this point, especially with the pandemic and all that, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, has has nobody bought that yet? I don't know. I, I have, let's see. I have no idea. And do you need to answer your door? No. Oh. <laughs> and um, anyway, so we're we're sitting there talking about it, and just like yeah, we you know, there was a minute there people were talking about hey, we should buy the Alrosa or whatever, and I just thought about it and I was like, yeah, we have a good music scene in this town with a lot of deep old connections. A, a lot of them are centered around that place. I didn't even grow up here. I didn't even grow up at the Al Rosa, and I understand how important that place is yeah. to a music scene here. But I don't think anybody cares enough about it because I think anytime you talk about the Al Rosa to somebody, they said, oh, yeah, man, I used to hang out there all the time. And then they say something negative about it. I would say, oh, yeah, the sound system there is great. The sound guy is an asshole. Or, uh, you know, yeah, I loved playing there, but my band got totally screwed by Riccatello. You know, like, or it's like, everybody's got, they say, yeah, I like that place is really important to me, but it's bad because of this. You know, I have my yeah. issues with it. I think it's a, I thought it was, I didn't grow up in it, so I didn't have baggage connected to it. I thought it was a amazing venue that was yeah. let that that they completely let go of, or like I, they just yeah, yeah, let it fully. They let it go. And so I was telling talking to him about it, and I was like, "We could have easily in this town. You and I talked about it. We, we could have done a GoFundMe and said, let's come together and buy the Al Rosa together and make it into the thing and have a shrine to Dimebag and and totally rehab the place and open that bar up front and all that stuff. We all could have done that, but I just think that everybody." There's too much negative baggage, and I think that stopped everybody from going that far. Absolutely. I mean, we've talked about it before, but I've I've seen some amazing – not only played, but I've seen some amazing shows there. One of my favorite shows I ever saw there was they actually held it in the parking lot. It was in the middle of summer, and they were like yeah. spraying water off the roof and stuff. Like that Slipknot show was my favorite, 99. I still remember it. Uh, so I agree. Nobody cares. I know that when it went up for sale, I actually text a number of people. I had uh, two people specifically in mind that I thought would be interested or that should be interested. One, I knew, already knew that it was for sale, but I wanted to check the temperature like, hey, man, you should do this. Like, you're a businessman. Like, you should definitely do this. Um, And he more or less didn't see the value in it, which is – which is interesting because he worked there for years. Uh, so there was that. And then I had another buddy who has many, many ventures into business, um, including owning a club. And I was like, ah, what about you? You need this. Like I, I would donate my time. Yeah. That's all I have is time and, you know, whatever. But I, I would donate my time into helping that. And, uh, just again, didn't see the value. And I'm like, man, is it just me? Like, do I, is it just me that sees the value? I felt like it was a a relatively modest price. I agree. And like I said, I think that everybody 
that's I think that was my point is that everybody sees the value, but it just wasn't worth it enough. Like it was just like it's yeah. just it's just like because you are I think you are also very correct in like the place is forever stained by the yeah. fact that that a, one of the greatest metal guitar players of all time was murdered on stage while mm-hmm. doing what he loved. I mean that is. So you could make the argument that the place should just be burned down to the ground because of that. Right. So, Yeah, but I think location, the fact that it's got – it's got a good setup. You enter from the back. You don't enter like right next to the fucking stage. Yeah. Uh, it had the kind of pit area. The bar was set pretty far back. It was a good in-between size from the smaller venues but less than the Newport I mean, it, it just had a lot of things going for it. Totally, I totally agree. It was super wide, but not super deep, so you're always close to the stage. Exactly. Like that, yeah. So. Sound and the sound system was amazing. More than adequate, yeah. It cranked. Shit, man. Um, so keeping on the music theme, like, wh- you, what is Columbus's genre of music? So this also was in the same conversation uh, with Jordan and. Uh, but we were talking about like regional music we were because we were talking about uh, Orange County and about how like 18 Visions, Bleeding Through, mm-hmm. uh, Throwdown, uh, Sinai Beach, the Christian band, uh, Falling Cycle, the Christian band, like all these bands had a very similar sound to that region. And then you have Cleveland hardcore that's like metallic hardcore that's for some reason really – obsessed with evil you know yeah and then then, you know you have you 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 get what i'm saying you have the really hard street hardcore from detroit uh bay area thrash death metal from tallahassee or like middle florida so like we were talking like he's like i just feel like columbus just doesn't have a genre and and, uh, like a heavy genre and i was like yes we do you just don't want to say what it is and he goes what do you mean and i was like dude crab core it's sh- the shiny metal core yeah like 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 attack attack uh of mice and men uh uh, uh the yeah. crimson arm the crimson armada I, legion I yeah but do you do you think any i don't think any of those were crab core except attack I, I, attack I, I, okay but i, I but. said crab core but you I, I was just pointing in a direction i what i mean is like high production metal core of a very specific sound. And so, a lot of those bands had very similar sounds. And I'm not I, I'll I'll argue this one with you. I'll argue I, it. Because, that's why I put it out here because I think you would disagree with me. Yeah, I do. I do. I definitely disagree with you. And it's because like I think that Attack Attack started that genre. Uh well that's argue. That's arguable. Because uh what's that other band? Um Shit, man. There's another band that was doing that, like, electronic mixed music. They were from, like, Michigan or something. I can't think of who they were. And there's this big disagreement. Did Attack Attack start it or did they start it? I can't think of who the fuck it was, though. Um, Oh. Was it I Wrestled a Bear Once? No. No, that was, like, Deathcore with a girl vocalist. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, I want to say it might have been. No, I I don't know who the fuck it was. I'll figure it out at some point. Um, but anyway, arguably, all of those kind of bands that came, and none of the bands from Columbus, but throughout 
all the world after that, all the bands that came out looked just like and sounded just like Attack Attack. And there was a slew of them that came out. Okay? Now enter Crimson Armada. Now Crimson Armada was like metalcore, metalcore. Yeah, yeah. Like nothing even remotely close to Attack Attack, except for they all had the same scene moves. The run-in-place-looking thing, and then the fucking uh, wide-legged stance, headbang, jumpy thing, yeah. like wh- whatever that was called. But that was like just the scene moves. So then you have a Vice or Men who actually, they're, they're a California band. They had nothing yeah. to do. Yeah, I, I know. You're, I know. Yeah, so I, I'm just going through the list here. Uh, but I will say that for whatever reason, Columbus is really good, you're right, at the medical, metal, medical, <laughs> metal core bands that also sing. And I agree with that. And I also, now we're, as we're talking, more of my thoughts on this are starting to come back to me. Uh, because I, I, I think I colored this conversation by saying bands that sound like Attack Attack. I think Attack Attack is uh, a specific has their has a specific sound but what i what you were getting at right there was just the big high production metalcore but a lot of it was like i mean like like legion was heavy you know yeah. like but it, I, to me it was like still part of that whole that whole group you know and and um i just feel like if i were to think what is if columbus has a heavy music genre it's just like big metalcore and oh uh, yeah and and so that made started to make me think about how like i know you just said attack attack was the one who you know put their stake in the ground but then you know I'm, i i also gotta say you know maybe maybe Let's you and it. i both maybe you and i were both in a couple of the actual og columbus metalcore bands yeah i can't think of another band doing tight pants dillinger stuff before symphony apparel in columbus but uh so that makes me feel pretty good about myself uh, yeah but uh and i would like to think that we were some of the first doing the poison the well every time i die hot damn style hybrid shit yep. in columbus yep part party and music I, with breakdowns and i think that both of both of what we were doing and you guys were doing and then a lot of the uh, Newark bands, like uh, Newark and and Youngstown, like that direction, you know, you're, mm-hmm. the bands that were really into like from a second story window and curl up and die and 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 you know a lot of the really techy, grimier stuff. So you had some of that coming in from the, like, and Symphony Apparel was kind of influenced by some of that stuff that was happening over there too. And then you, you and your whole part of the metalcore scene kind of brought in more of that party, the bigger production, the bigger fun. And yeah, I think that, I think that uh, Columbus actually created something, which was like very, uh, it was like, it was a caliber of bands. Yeah. It, It was a specific type of quality. That's something that has always impressed me about Columbus is somebody will come out with a band and I'm like, Holy fuck. This is a really good insert genre band. 
You know, when City Lights came from here, dude, they were they were killing it. Uh, so my buddy Will Dealey, who played in City Lights for a little while, he has a band. Well, had a band. I just realized. I just heard they broke up today. Called Heavy Things. Arguably, some of the best rock that I thought came out of Columbus. It mm. it like it had the type of uh, it had the type of sound and energy that it would draw people from several different crowds. Like you'll get your like kind of emo, you know, rock dashboard confessional kind of vibe over here. More straightforward kind of radio rock over here. Like they did such a great job of blending music and they always had uh, just fantastic sound. I am really sad to see that band go, Um, which leads me to Columbus is still cranking out bands that I have not heard that I'll catch a song from. And I'm just like, holy fuck, like that's a really good, you know, whatever genre band. Uh, Knox posted one the other day. It's a band called Atamera. And I could be saying that wrong. It's like A-T-I-M-E-R-A. Never heard of these guys. Um, I actually recognize, I looked at the, the photo of the band. I recognize one guy but I'm a dickhead and don't know why I recognize him. He's definitely somebody from the Columbus local scene. I just don't know at what point I would have met him or why I know him, but I do. Hmm. Um, you'll have to check out the, the song though. Like they, they posted a song called um, I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly. It's obviously a fucking reference to that Marky Mark movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but go check that song out on like Spotify and shit. It, again, I'm not usually into the singing and screaming, but this band gives me throwback vibes to where they've got like a good screaming voice, a nice, then he hits like those nice deep lows in certain parts. And yeah. then someone in the band can also sing. So it was, it was a nice little throwback and it was a nice reminder that like Columbus is still cranking out awesome bands of all genres all the fucking time. Like we just have quality around here. I don't get it. Yeah. Well, I don't know why uh, more labels have, don't take notice. It's like we have quality right here because it's the same group of ten guys. Uh, just I'm just kidding. No. Uh, well, yeah, it's like 99 percent of the bands involve either Lee or Chris Tatman. Like those are those are like they start all the bands around here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Emphasis on start. Yeah. Uh, just kidding. Not really. Um, yeah, I, I love our scene. I love it. It's awesome. Um, so speaking of songs, um, my daughter is obsessed with kids songs right now. Like we're, we're going through a phase where it is just, I know all the kids songs, at least I thought I did. Um, I'm learning that songs have second verses and I never knew. Uh, I am serious. Like there are tons of tons of kid songs and like, I'm drawing a blank on some of them now, like fucking rain, rain, go away. Yeah. It has a second second verse. verse. Bro. Every one of these kid songs that you think, you know, you only know the first verse and I'll think of some better specific examples because I'm going to have to sing these songs for the next week until we talk. Uh, I'll think of some better examples. Right now, she's obsessed with wheels on the bus. So whenever we're in the car, especially if we drive by and she sees a bus, she's like, Dad, 
bus. I'm like, yeah, what them wheels do. She's like, they go round and round. And then we go into song. It's like, it's like a weird rapper intro to wheels on the bus, but yeah, she's all about it. And we are singing kid songs fucking left and right. Now, are these, are, are they songs that have been added onto? I don't think so. I feel like I'll like Google it. Cause I did. I, uh, I Googled, I'm going to, I'm actually going to Google it now to rain, rain, go away. Let me see if that's one of them. Yeah, dude, this fucking this fucking song. This song has way more lyrics. Okay. Rain, rain, go away. Come again another day. Daddy wants to play. Rain, rain, go away. First of all, Ew. never fucking heard that. Ew. And then the second verse is the same thing, except for mommy wants to play. The third verse, brother wants to play. Fourth verse, sister wants to play. Fifth verse, all the family wants to play like what why are there more lyrics i why did i only know the first verses to like fucking every song out there so weird look let me type this shit kids songs with second verses that's i bet this is a thing i bet yes look oh my god this article was written three days ago see i'm not even the only one out here with their fucking mind blown. Here's one. This is actually one of the examples that I couldn't remember. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. So I knew it had lyrics. Okay. Let me look here. First of all, it doesn't even it doesn't even start with twinkle, twinkle, little star. Let me look. When the blazing sun is gone, when there's nothing he shines upon, then you show your little light. Twinkle, twinkle through the night. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. Like, where the fuck are these lyrics from, and why have we like just been taught them the incorrect way? Yeah, it's probably like some poem written by some scribe in uh, 12th century London or something. I don't know. I'm just bullshitting. But, yeah, it's so mm. weird. And then the other one, this is another one that I was that I should have put on here was "You Are My Sunshine" because I sing that to her all the time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's real hit or miss. Sometimes she's like, "No," she'll she's like she hasn't learned tact yet. She's only three, so she'll go, "No, Dad, I don't like that." And I go, "All right, I stop because I mean, she's just being honest. Like she's not into it. She does not yeah. like that. Other times she loves it." Uh, but I realized when trying to pull it up on YouTube and, and play the song for that it had way more lyrics. And I was like, this is bullshit. They added shit on and played a different version. And the fucking thing had the same lyrics. And then I Googled it. and was like, what? Why are there more lyrics to that? I don't know. You'll have to just take a look. There are just – there are second verses to songs that I had no yeah. idea. Uh, it makes me think that like – or it made me think of I, – I learned uh, – that a lot of hymns, like church hymns and stuff like that, that uh-huh. you, you associate with with like beautiful organs and amazing choirs and four part harmonies and all stuff. A lot of hymns were literally just like bar songs, like drinking songs that the like and that they wrote Christian lyrics to and then made more nuanced. Really, like the melodies a lot were like were like you know middle uh, uh middle-aged 
like the Middle East bars drinking songs. Like uh, B-sides of Dropkick Murphy songs? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that, that's – another funny thing happened this made me think of because it made me think like the church fathers were just remixing. Um, and uh, this is a funny – this is a funny generational thing. We were in the car yesterday on the way home. We were flipping through Sirius XM and, and there were, we turned on uh, – 90s on nine or whatever. No, or the, the, the aughts station, like the 2000s station. Uh-huh. And, uh, Alien Ant Farms, uh, Smooth Criminal came up. Uh. And Rowan goes, he's like, is this a, is this a rock remix of Smooth Criminal? And I was like, dog, in rock music, it's called a cover. <laughs> <laughs> so funny uh you know i think i might have said this on a podcast i like got curious one day like whatever happened to alien ant farm and no more did i google it and they had released a track or a a cd or something like a day before i googled it like they're still pumping out they're still pumping out uh yeah pumping out the hits yeah they're probably playing like jack's bar and grill on george's film (laughs) You think so? I don't know. No, they're not. They're not there yet. But they're uh, they're probably playing. Honestly, they're probably playing like fucking state fairs or like Sturgis. Which did you see that? Oh. Did you see that? Two hundred fifty thousand cases can be traced to the Sturgis rally. Shut up! Hilarious. I did not see that. Hilarious. I was going uh, to Alien Ant Farm on Spotify to see how relevant they are, and I'm uh, I'm judging that based on what kind of monthly listeners they're getting. Let's fucking let's pull this shit up real quick. I just uh, I'm very curious. Well, good news is when you type in the word alien, they are the first search result that comes up. <laughs> So take a stab. What do you think Alien Ant Farm is getting for their monthly listeners? Monthly listeners? Yep. A lot. Uh, What's a lot? Monthly listeners. Yep. First of all, how many How many do you get? 25. Uh, That's approximately 20 more than us, so. Uh... 50,000. What if I told you it was over 2.4 million? See, the, when I said a lot originally, I thought in the millions, but then when you said, what do you mean by a lot? Then that made me question, wait, am I overblowing this in my head? But I would venture to say that specifically the song Smooth Criminal gets played a fucking lot. Yeah, I mean, and it's probably on a goddamn ton of play like nostalgia playlists. Their top three movies all came off of that same record. So movies, yeah. So you movies. Said is top th- you said their top three movies. Oh my bad. Their top three <laughs> records. I, I knew what you were saying. Yeah, the top three records all came off of the same uh, record, and it was Smooth Criminal, Movies, and Wish. 
all songs I'm familiar with. Smooth Criminal has almost 200 million plays. Far Crazy. more than anything else. I don't had. even know. I don't. I don't even know if I know the song "Wish." Yeah, you. You trust me. You'd know it if you heard it. I actually know. I know so many songs that I. I didn't know. I know. So the other day, I I'm driving and I go. You know, I kind of just want to put on a random fucking playlist, uh, and and just listen to some random playlist. And I typed in the word emo. Yeah. And. Because, you know, a lot of things get lumped into emo that I don't consider emo. So I said, I'm just going to throw an emo playlist on. And I'm still listening to that playlist days later. (laughs) This playlist is called Emo 2000s. Okay? It, It kicked off with I'm Not Okay by My Chemical Romance. And I was like, I already love this playlist. That's my it's shit. Funny. I was going to say, so this one is like probably all like MCR and what else? Well, is there? It, it goes, it, it takes a turn. Like it, it, it goes back and forth. Like, sure. It, it has some things that I consider to be in the emo category, but I think maybe I was just too prescriptive. Like I, I was too like, oh, that's not emo. That's pop punk. If that's not emo, that's something else. Right. So it's got My Chemical Romance, Panic at the Disco, Fallout Boy, Dashboard, Blink, uh, Thirty Seconds to Mars, AFI, uh, yeah, Good I mean, Charlotte. I, yeah, I mean, it, to a big portion of the regular populace, emo means warp tour. Okay, well, here's two. Here's two that threw me. When I got to these two, I I stopped for a minute and went, "Whoa, who made this? Why is this emo?" Three Days Grace. Ugh. I fuck with this song, that I Hate Everything About You song. That's one of those songs where, like, it comes on, let me be drunk. Let me be <laughs> drunk, because I'm going to sing that song. Uh, the very next song was Evanescence. Wait, you what know, song? Bring Me to Life. Really? Yeah. It kind of threw me. I was like, what? Why is that, that emo? Song ha- that song has rapping in it. No, that's that's wake me up, wake me up. Oh, I thought inside. that's what I thought that's what that song was. Nah, this is the one that starts with like the, and she starts singing over like the piano. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, and then it goes back into like pop punk and emo, and then it redeems itself with Last Resort by Papa Roach. I was. Dude, I mean, I mean, I, mean, I had the volume that, on forty. I was, I was full blast. I mean, nothing about that song is emo except for like maybe the lyrics. <laughs> right? Yeah. It, yeah. The song is like, and I'm contemplating suicide. Like, it's, it's, it's telling you exactly what's going on. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I've ended on. I'm currently on Hoobastank. The reason. Now, not emo. Also, that band is horrible, but that song oh. is a fucking American classic. <laughs> that that chorus, like to me, that is like one of the strong. I mean, that's like that's like U two level hook. I think that entire record was fucking gold. Oh, maybe I'll revisit it. I you thought. Did you ever hear why they couldn't get signed at first? No. Record labels kept turning them down. That said. We already have an incubus. 
<laughs> and nice. they were actually like best friends with Incubus. They all played in bands with each other and were like incestuous with like their swapping of members. And then Incubus made it and left. And then Hoobastank was like the leftover people. I'm pretty sure that's the uh, the story I heard. I, I mean, maybe also they could have thought of a better name. I mean, maybe. it feels right in line with Incubus. Yeah, but then couldn't they have been Succubus? Yeah, but suck. But at least Incubus is like a real thing that's like historical and scary. What's Hoobastank? a Hoobastank? I don't know what a Hoobastank is. But an incubus is a demon that has sex with you in your dreams. Sure. It's of the male variety, right? Yeah. Let's look it up real quick. Let's what just... is a hoobastank? It's probably <laughs> like it's probably like the way that your fingers smell after you know, it's probably touching, some fucking, after touching a hooba? Yeah, it's probably some fucking frat guy bullshit. You know, you might be right. All I'm getting is the band. Uh Let's try one more thing. Why did you come up with this name, Hoobastank? What is the meaning of Hoobastank? <laughs> it actually uh, – is this real? Hang on. This says blah, 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 blah. This says Hoobastank would come from a foreign language, meaning hopscotch. I don't know. I, I Okay. If that, that fucking may, means hopscotch, then that's stupid. Th- that's also stupid, If and that may be true, but I promise you, in whatever language it's from, it is not spelled H-O-O-B-A stank. Why? I guarantee that. Huh? Why? It, it, it That just looks – it looks like a really dumb Americanized version of something, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I gotta be honest. I don't really know. So, I forgot to bring this up earlier. Maybe it's because I was already trying to block it out of my brain at how crazy today was. But today was uh, first day of school, mm. and uh, so remember, I had a thirteen-hour drive yesterday, and I was so effing toast when I got home from that. And then to think, oh, tomorrow morning I've got to get up and I got to figure out how to get all three of them in their Zoom meetings and all this stuff. Okay. And so um, let's let's stop there for just a second. Refresh me. Are all your kids doing hybrid or are they full from home or what? Columbus City Schools is full from home for the first quarter. Oof. After October twenty seven, if there have been four weeks of significantly declining cases, then they're gonna do the blended two two on three at home. Uh mm. And, um, but to be honest with you, it went pretty good. And, but it was, so the couple things, one, it was just stressful because, you know, it's just like, okay, are you good? Are you good? Are you good? And I'm having to do my job at the same time. Rowan is, they had, he had one issue with his classes, his schedule, but we got that figured out, but it was still just like, it was a lot for a couple hours. Um, but overall, it went really well. But the funny thing was, like, I'm using this, like, parent communication app and uh, called Blooms. Okay. And it's, like, it's like where, like, parents and teachers can talk to each other. And, oh, my God, the, like, the group chat forum, like, all the teachers in this class, mm-hmm. literally for an hour, and this is Beatrice's class, 
for an hour, losing their fucking minds. Like, we can't get into the Zoom or the password doesn't work, all this stuff. This lady was, and you know, I get it. She's frustrated, but man, it was just not the place or time to do it. You know, she was just yeah. like, I just can't believe, I can't believe that you guys are making us have to do, like, have to do this with our kids. I'm missing work. Like, all this stuff. Like, you should have thought this through. I can't believe you failed us. And I, it was, she was losing her fucking Oh, my mind. God. And this to was a point parent? Where, yeah. To the point where I had to turn off notifications because it was just driving. It was just like, ang, 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 ang. I, I was just like, so that was funny. And then. So there's all this stressful shit, or at least fast paced shit is happening. I'm and I'm like, again, you know, I was off Friday and it was so it was a four day weekend for me. So I'm like catching up on work and I'm missing the meetings and you know all this stuff. And then I I go to to go upstairs for a minute and I look and Pepper has gone into heat. Oh my god. Like the last fucking thing. Just, it was just like, you know, the whole raining and pouring shit, man. It's just, it was just the, it's just the last thing I needed, you know? And, and so that was another thing we haven't really talked about because we haven't, uh, done this a couple weeks, but like, so I dropped her off to be spayed. I told you that part, right? No. Oh, okay. Wow. So it's our turn for Boston problems. Uh, I dropped her off. I was getting ready to drop her off to be spayed. And or not getting ready. A few days before that, she had a vomiting and and what we thought was a seizure, like mm-hmm. she did six months ago. So I called the vet and I said, you know, I know she's supposed to be getting spayed this week. Just thought I'd let you know this happened. And they said, okay, we'll do some blood work and we'll do an extra exam beforehand. Fast forward four days, I drop her off. She's fine. She's acted totally normal, and I drop her off. They call me a half hour later and say that they went to do blood work. She freaked out. She vomited and she fainted. They, she, they, oh, didn't say, they didn't say seizure. They said fainted. So then the vet was like, I don't feel comfortable spaying her today without some more tests. So I paid for extra exams that day. So I paid for a spay, essentially. <laughs> right. Without a spay. And then I had to schedule her at MedVet to get some cardiac exams and some respiratory exams and some neurological exams. So I ended up, and that ended up being three weeks later. So now we're just racing the clock, you know, like she mm-hmm. was going to go to heat anytime and, uh, got the test last week and, um, knew I was going to have to call today anyway to, to talk to our vet about rescheduling the spay and all that stuff. And so fast forward, to here I am. Uh, we have now paid close to $1,500 in vet bills. And, uh, now I also have to put fucking diapers on my dog for the next two to four weeks. Oh my so, God. Very cool. Oh, man. So joking, but not joking. Just do what I did, man. Get rid of your dog. <laughs> did you rehome her? We rehomed her. Both of them? No, we kept Jim. Oh. So, you know, we've we've toyed with it off and on for a while. We wanted to give her to you yeah. guys. Uh, you know, we thought we could make it work. We didn't want to like we weren't like giving up on her, but like sure. we recognized pretty early on that she had some unique needs 
that just made it difficult for our family to give her like what she needed. And so we were trying to like be there, you know, as much as we could for her. We paid for all the miscellaneous things she could need. We tried the, we tried sending her to a doggy trainer, which did help quite a bit, but it did nothing for her anxiety. We tried getting her on anxiety medicine. Um, you know, I mean, we spent, we spent thousands, like multiple thousands, uh, just on her heart surgery or else she would have died. So like we felt, right, right, right. we felt good about that. Um, and as far as like, you know, as far as like rehoming her, we were pretty, we were pretty picky. We wanted to make sure that whoever got her, it had to be like the forever home. It had to be like the right fit. Somebody that is patient, you know, could put up with her. Um, she also had like, you know, sometimes I'd, I like when I would come home, like just come in the door, even if I just like ran to the store, I'd come in the door and she would start barking. And sometimes she wouldn't quit barking for like 20 or 30 minutes. Like, crazy. yeah, that's, that's a wild thing. Like, but as of lately, like I've been, you know, I just ignore her and like, just let her do her thing. Cause I, I felt bad after like talking to the doctor, the doctor's like, Oh yeah. Well, you got to think, you know, she's eight weeks old. She's a puppy. You rip her away from her family. She drives hours in a car, sees you, you're her new home. And then two days later she goes and has heart surgery. Like she had a pretty traumatic start to life. Sure. sure. And I'm like, man, that's, that would fuck up anybody. Uh, so, you know, we kept trying for that sake, just feeling like we don't want to fail as like dog owners. Let's do what we can. But meanwhile, we were constantly looking for that forever home. Like who's going to love this dog? Uh, so we found two families. One is a family that we know right up the road. Um, they would be fantastic for, her, but we were unsure that they could commit. They had no dogs and Olive really needed to like, she needed another dog to play with. Uh, she needs to go outside a lot. So like someone with a fenced in yard would be ideal. Someone that already has another dog and understands to taking care of a dog and all that. So we, we just had some, like, we were being really picky about the people. Um, and then my sister-in-law is a vet tech and she works with other vet techs. One of them who was looking for a dog about the size of Olive already has a family, has another dog, very patient, loves animals, works with animals. Like, nice. Yeah. So we felt good about that. And she took her uh, as like a trial and mm-hmm. to make sure I got along with the family, no nipping at the kids, got along with her dogs. And we're getting constant stream of pictures. Olive is doing awesome. That's and awesome. so we feel really good about it. So she said, I don't want to jinx it, but I think this is it. This is definitely the dog we were looking for. We'd be happy to keep her. Let's make this permanent. So we feel really good about it. Um, and it was a, it was a rough thing for, for Hayden. You know, he was, he definitely wasn't ready to give her up. Um, but he understood that, you know, even himself, like he loved her when he came home for the night and it was time to like relax in bed and she was already tired and she was snuggly and cute, but he didn't like put up with a lot of the day to day, you know, problems and things like that, that we had to work yeah. through that, that made her a difficult dog for our family. Um, yeah. so yeah, f- finally found the right fit, which is awesome. And, uh, that's great, but I do have to also s- to deliver the sad news that when it comes to animals, sticky Joe has, Past. No way. Sticky Joe. Sticky uh, Joe is now Stiffy Joe. <laughs> I noticed about a week ago, B, B said, 
Daddy's Dicky Joe's sitting weird. And I would look, and he, because he's always sitting up on oh, the branch in there, but he, and his feet are always like cur- tucked up under him, and he's sitting like just all tucked up. Yeah. And I noticed he was sitting like that, but his back legs, like the long legs, were just hanging down over the edge, like just uh. hanging straight down. And that seemed weird to me, but then he was fine for a few days. And then he was scrambling around, which generally mean like that's generally his cue like hey you need to feed me mm-hmm. and so i got him some crickets and uh he ate a couple but then i noticed that he was dragging his back legs around and i was like oh and then mm. i noticed that he was going slower and looked like he was being breathing a little bit more labored and this was thursday night and i told the kids or this was friday morning when we were leaving and i was like the kids I'm not going to sugarcoat this. Sticky Joe looks unwell. And I would, would venture to say he probably won't make it through the weekend. So uh, you can just blame Tish again. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. But I was like, uh, probably won't make it through the weekend. And Miles was upset. Uh, uh, but, you know, they all said bye to him and stuff like that. The man, we got home last night and he was on his back. And, and I... I didn't think that Miles was going to be as upset as he was. Yeah. He was fucking crushed, man. Yeah? So. Man, these kids, they got hearts. Yeah. All right. I don't know. Are you taking a look at, uh, you taking a look at the board at all? Look, I think, I, I think that we. We knocked out a lot of the stuff. There's, uh, there's three things that you had on there. Not sure if any of them are still relevant to talk about. I originally put on there. Uh-huh. The return. Oh, yeah. Fucked up week was just, I had a fucked up week. Yeah, nothing else is really irrelevant. I'm going to scoot them bad boys over. Um, Go ahead and... uh... Oh, I will say, if you haven't listened to the new Year of the Knife record, listen to it. That shit is hard as fuck. And it's awesome hardcore. I'm into it. So, I put on here, The Return of Trivial Things. Now, when I put that on there, I had something to say. Right now, I have no idea what it was. I like to not put on uh, what I'm going to talk about because I want us to not have any idea of what each other might say in the trivial things. You know, when, when we go in here, you and I, I think, do a pretty good job of being vague to yep. where it it lets uh, it gives us a reminder uh, of what we want to talk about, so that we don't open these um, topics up too much. And for whatever reason, you know, I want the real reaction. I, I want to have actual conversation. Sure. I don't want any time for to think sure. about it. So, uh, in doing so, every once in a while, you fucking forget. This is one of those times, Colin. I do a pretty funny trivial thing, actually. Well, go ahead uh, and hit it. Yeah. Uh, so taking this Subaru, this brand new Subaru on road trips two weekends in a row, realize that it is e- easily the most comfortable car I've ever driven. Mm-hmm. And and it is just the autonomous features are amazing. The adaptive cruise plus the lane centering is amazing. It made the trip so nice. And uh, because like I have to have a hand on the wheel, but I can like, you know, it could just, I'm not like, you know, like a quick turn and grab my drink and, you know, like it, it just things like, 
it just feels it just felt more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And uh but it has this thing that looks at my eyes. And it and oh my god, it was driving me crazy if I was talking to Sierra for a minute. And it's like keep your eyes on the road. It says that? Well, it doesn't say it, but it goes oh. boop 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 and it flashes on the thing on the screen in front of you. And uh it's just like it's like, or the other thing that was driving. So it, I guess my trivial thing here is technology that's so close, but just not quite. Like the other thing was like, I, if I'm sitting, if I'm leaning on the console, you know, and I, I hang onto the top of the steering wheel because that's where it's comfortable. There must not be a sensor there because then every 10 seconds it's like keep hands on the steering wheel and I have to move it over and squeeze it a little bit or shake it a little bit, you know. And it's just like, oh, my hand is on the steering wheel. But, uh, yeah, so this is real trivial because that's me sitting in a car for 13 hours getting yelled at by a robot. God damn. That's rough. But when it was when it's good, it's great. Great. Well, I don't think I have a trivial thing. So I'm just going to have to get back to you. I feel like right now I can't focus on anything except for this move. Uh, oh, I did I? No, nothing in your life is trivial right now. No, every, <laughs> everything has purpose. It's even hard to find uh, time to do this podcast. That you know, two weeks ago it was me that canceled. Last week it was, uh, I think you bailed last minute. You had some shit going on. Yeah, life's just been wild, man. And I, I don't know about you, but like, because I'm working remote, like everything's a fucking meeting. Like things that people used to stop by my desk and I'd talk for five minutes. They're set up for 30-minute windows on my calendar now, so my calendar is fucking busy all day long. I did realize two things. One, I'll be working on West Coast time. Uh, Most of my team is in India. So when I start meetings with them at 8.30, we're usually wrapping up. You know, They're wrapping up for the day at 10 a.m. my time, which is like fucking 10 a.m. It's like 10 p.m. their time. So it's really interesting. That means when I go out to the West Coast, I'm going to have to jump on and start working at 5.30. Damn. Yeah. But that also means I'll be – I'll quit working like 2.30. Yeah. Um, so that's good. So, yeah. Nothing else trivial, man. I think we're on uh, episode 58. Right? Good. Yeah, 58. All right. Let's fucking do this. We're out. Back, back on the Zoom grind. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Do it, Colin. Do, 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 do. <laughs> oh, shit. I got that. I'm not, I can't hit it because you won't hear it. Fuck. I need to set that up so I can do that on this podcast. <laughs> All right. Later. Later.